they should name it porn. They should say, they should say porn, more porn. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. So everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is a mini pod of Jason Bourne, a movie that made a few million dollars over the weekend. Uh, made almost exactly the same amount as Star Trek Beyond, by the way. Um, but I am Chris Atkinson with CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And Barrett Cher from Music Video Sense. Howdy. And so Jason Bourne, guys, what did you guys think of this? Uh, wow. Everybody looked right at me. <laughs> The guy who said he was in this movie's pocket two weeks ago. Um, I had a good time. It's the fourth best Matt Damon Bourne movie. And there's a lot of been there, done that. Um, but some of what it tries to do succeeds. I think the action is very well done and very compelling. Um, but it's not great. But also, it's not a piece of shit. No, it's it's real familiar, right? It's like going back to, to old territory and not really reinventing the wheel. It's, yeah, I, I want to give you what you... No, you want. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the things I wanted from Bourne, this gave me, and some of the things that it thought I wanted and gave me are tired, and they need to stop doing them. And we'll we'll dive more into that in the spoilery section. I, I think Matt Damon is great as Jason Bourne. I think this is one of the most technologically ignorant movies ever <laughs> scripted, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the point where it pulls you out of the movie several times, mm -hmm. um, and we'll we'll get specific on that shit, too. Uh, what did you guys think? I don't think I liked it as much as you guys did. Actually, I don't think I liked it at all. Um, I don't know why this story needed to be told. Mm. This is this was my main problem with it. And if you base all your action upon a story that doesn't need to be told, I feel like it's empty. Mm. And when you're talking about this this particular story, and I don't I don't want to get into the details yet, but when you're talking about this particular story, I'm just sitting there going, there's a point where Julia Stiles goes to Matt Damon and says, you need to find out what they did to you and all that. And yeah. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. No, <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. And uh, he and, could have legitimately in character said, no, I'm good. Walked yeah. away and it would have made sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which and, is essentially what he does at the end of the movie anyway. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and and like the the whole the whole reason for this this story apparently mattering is that uh born uh being a guy who's been a brainwashed cia killer all this time is having a hard time out in the real world and he's taken up bare knuckle boxing <laughs> in the meantime somehow he was able to live a perfectly good life in india before this now he's resorting to bare knuckle boxing. He's because a tortured he's soul. He's gladiator. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and what's weird is they do give you a one punch fight victory. Yeah. And then they give you another fight where this guy holds his own against Bourne. Yeah. And I was like, well, pick one. Is right. he, he dominating this circuit or is he, you know, just one of many guys? Yeah. yeah. I think he was just kind of going through the motions uh, during that, that other fight until he gets inspired by you know an unlikely source we yeah. had a real opportunity for a real steel born type movie didn't we? <laughs> squandered <laughs> squandered uh, uh, yes where's hugh jackman showing up and it's like i really believe in this guy this guy's amazing <laughs> that's actually what iron hand is yeah yeah <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. You're right. There's it's a it's a lot of unnecessary. It just feels a lot of retread, like you said, familiar, right? Like, mm. in fact, at the end of our spoiler talk, excuse me, I just burped on the podcast again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pitch what I would do with the next board movie mm-hmm. if they keep making them, because it, I believe this is not a Terminator Genesis franchise killer bad level movie. No, no, it's not. And that. I think people will still want to see Matt Damon kicking ass as Jason Bourne in another movie. In- I don't. I, I just think they have to do a bunch of things different to to breathe some life into Yeah, in a way, you could possibly look at this as one of those reboot fourth movies, like how how like Fast and Furious was or whatever. It's I don't think it's nearly the, you know, I guess the exciting return that that movie was for fans of Fast and the Furious movies. Mm. Uh, but if you were to just make this movie on its own, I guess, and there were no other born baggage with this, I could see that being a decent beginning to a new sort of, uh, I guess, what do you know, second life of the movie? No, actually, that that's a good idea. Like if, if this were, if this existed in its own universe and you'd have like this grizzled old CIA vet that you're still murky on like the whole backstory, but he's trying to find his true self. I think that'd be an interesting movie. Right. It'd be more interesting than the retread of what you it is. You guys are potentially stealing all my thunder Shit. for me. Well, I won't, we won't steal your thunder anymore. We'll just, just, just know that I don't think, as a fourth, as a fourth Damon Bourne movie, it's not good for me. As a, maybe as an opening salvo to a new series of Bournes, it might be a pretty good start. Mm. But that's a tough one. How do you, you know, how do you sort of reconcile that? And when, when you're watching it, like I have a lot of born baggage, I can't, you know, not have the born baggage when mm-hmm. I'm watching this. So, right. I mean, I guess for people who have never seen a born before, it might be great start for mm-hmm. them. So uh, there is that I, I, I did not enjoy this movie much. So that's all I have to really say as far <laughs> as like my non-spoilery stuff. All right. I think we're ready to get into spoilers. Let's do it. All right. So spoilers, right. eh? Whoop, 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 whoop. There's your warning. Spoiler talk. Um, where do we start? Um, well, th- I think the the thing that I wanted to talk about was the story here and the story that needs to be t- what Julia Stiles goes to tell him about is you need to learn what happened to you. Basically, you got to learn how you got in this program in the first place. And then, of course, it's his dad. Yeah. And I was just, oh, my God, his dad. I mean, how many times have I seen this at this point? Um, by the way, there's no way his dad's dead, right? No way. Oh, you think? I, they used a, a fairly uh, recognizable character actor in Greg Henry to yeah. play his dad. And... I don't see how he's actually dead. Why would you hire Greg Henry to be his dad? Well, he's an old white guy, so he'll probably come back as the bad That's guy. That's true. He will one. be the bad guy <laughs> in the next have one. Anything to say or about it. or Tom Wilkinson will be the bad. Like, it'll be some <clears throat> some somebody like that. Eric Roberts will be in there. <laughs> Just find any old grizzled white guy. They'll they'll go white. Tommy know, Lee Jones is the guy. This one. And you know, as for as for as bland and overdone as this old white guy CIA director being evil trope thing is i thought tommy lee jones was good no he's he's totally fine yeah i mean he's playing tommy lee jones basically but um yeah i thought he was good i thought um i'm gonna mispronounce her name is it alicia vikander or 
it's either Alicia Vikander or it's Alicia Vikander or Alicia. I don't know if you can. I just it. call her Ex Machina girl. You can yeah. call her Ex Machina girl. Um, I thought she was good. She struggles a little bit here and there with her American accent. That accent is weird, yo. It is. It's definitely not like one I've ever heard before. Um, I didn't. I didn't dislike her because of it, but it was a weird one. It was, yeah. and I don't remember hearing that in Ex Machina. No, I don't remember that either. That's interesting to me. Um, well, let's talk about the technology because. Mm. If this movie had only given us that one enhance, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might have been okay. Even though that enhance comes from a fucking smudge. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally a smudge and it turns into Julia Stiles' like, face. <laughs> come on. You know what? You could shoot a movie out of focus with that kind of enhancement. <laughs> just don't even care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's just like, let's shoot this blurry. We'll use the enhanced powers later. Everything will be fine, guys. Well, and the, At least the, it wasn't a zoom. It was that, just an enhance. That right. first scene in the riot in Greece, which I really enjoyed uh, most of it, um, they become almost most omnipotent and omniscient right they got mm-hmm. the satellites they got the guys on the ground with cameras there comes a point there where i really was saying to myself they're gonna die yeah they're gonna catch born because how the fuck do you get away from the satellites that are already on you mm-hmm. uh, of course they do get away well yeah he does um there's there's we're, are we calling back to marie here with the way nikki is killed no i never got the i've never got i mean okay yeah, they they have imply that Nikki and Bourne have had some sort of relationship in the past that whatever. They, I just mean he's they, running away with a girl and but, she gets shot, but he doesn't. No, I don't think so. I don't have. I, don't, I didn't get that at all. Like, yeah, me, he, she means something to him and everything. I feel like her death is telegraphed long before. Oh, yeah. Like it was one of those things. I'm like, okay, when when are we gonna kill her? Yeah. Because this it's gonna happen. Yeah. Because there's no point for her really in the in this story except to be just like uh, Patty Constantine in the Born Ultimatum, where he's the reporter running around. Yeah, the he's exactly she's playing that character in this. Basically. And you're just sitting there going, all right, she's gonna die. <laughs> When's she's gonna happen? die. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna die. <laughs> this is uh, yet another movie that. Uh, presents the evil social media company yep. um, yeah i don't really think hollywood understands uh technology or social media whatsoever no this guy is giving a speech and promises the people in the room he's going to protect their privacy and they erupt they like erupt he just promised head. a low job <laughs> right like and then at the tech conference in the final set piece there's just like hundreds of dollars worth of uh, high-tech gear that may or may not actually exist, sitting in bowls for you to grab <laughs> whenever you need, oh, a little tiny hockey puck um, homing beacon, sure. Uh, They're like M&Ms. Questionable directional microphone, uh, sure. And of course, it's all super useful. Yeah. And he's just strolling through the expo floor pocketing shit. Well, yeah, and the main one, which was the uh, covert camera. Yeah. Covert camera! And he just picks it up, and that becomes a huge plot thing yeah. for this movie. And I think when that when we saw that like it just says covert camera and he picks it up we all turn to each other just like <laughs> we did this is one of those moments when you're you know you're like sitting there just watching a movie you're not being cinema sensey but then something that blatant shows up and you're like well shit now i'm cinema sensey right now well the booths are right next to each other you've got the all-encompassing sound device that you can slip into somebody's pocket yeah right next to the covert camera yeah. booth. <laughs> which also by the way that ends up being the thing that he sort of learns that alicia vikander's character isn't everything she says she is at the end he uses that because he put it in her pocket Hmm. is it meant just me or was that like a day or two after 
or was that the same day? No, that was long after I thought. So how the fuck did she leave that in her like coat or whatever, <laughs> not find it ever at all during that entire time? That's what bothered me about it was like, ha ha, you know, it's like the big moment, the big moment of born oh he had that camera in him the whole time she told him the truth right there she's finding out she's she's been punked you know and well i, I even felt like she was only saying in the car what she would say to keep her job right like yeah. i didn't feel like she said anything to betray born really right i feel the same way okay um Okay, so the the asset in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, Natalie Portman's uh, ballet instructor, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who's unnamed, I think, in the whole movie, he yeah, decides the at the asset. end, in order to get away from Bourne, oh, by the way, he killed Bourne's dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's no, that's not a coincidence <laughs> or anything. Right. Uh, but he decides to, to leave the scene of the crime in a SWAT van, and <laughs> there are <laughs> hundreds of people around outside this casino. He could probably steal any number of vehicles or just disappear, but he takes out a knife and stabs a military member right. in the back of the head under his helmet, doesn't get seen, right. and then steals the most cumbersome vehicle known to man. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm quite thankful he did, yeah. because when he rips through those cars on the strip, and they're flying off like drops of water, yeah. I was a little kid for about 30 seconds. <laughs> I just was giddily laughing. I'm going to tell you what, I was completely opposite about this scene. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry on this, guys. I mean, I understand. No, you I understand. Sorry. No, I understand. The little kid inside of me even was like, "Woo, cars flying up in the air!" <laughs> but most of me was just like, "God damn it, cars flying in the air!" I've seen this so many times. I've I seen- don't feel like I'd ever seen that shot. Uh, I've seen cars flying in the air, but I don't feel like I've ever in, seen dozens. It at was once. in the dark night. I thought like it was. It, it, that's mm. when they're under the bridge and all that, okay. and he's like blasting through those cars. I feel like I've seen this shit before. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's it's kind of fun in its own way. But I also felt like I've seen I've seen cars flying up in the air so many times, especially in this series, that it was just another just let, let's make it bigger and dumber this time. Well, especially in Vegas, like it, to me, yeah, that ending got real con airy for yeah. me <laughs> really quick. Well, I get that. Yeah, and there's a couple of things about the ending that one was immediately con air is what what popped in my mind. And then I think this is one of the ultimate he survives this moments is when he oh my God. jumps off onto the top of the SWAT van and then gets run the fuck into a marquee. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he just he falls. I nearly died. Okay, ah, let's get going. I nearly died when that scene happened. Like he, he, he I was like, "You're, ex- you're having me accept this right now? You really just? Why don't you just? I mean, it was. It's kind of. It's kind of like gets into that Fast and the Furious thing uh-huh. where like they're smashing through all the windows, driving through buildings and all that other stuff. And like you know, there's that moment at the end of that big building crashing scene or whatever where the car like falls to earth and you see it crumple and everything. I was like, you've seen, you've seen them survive shit like that. So don't show me this car. Like they would, they had stayed in it. They would have died or something. Yeah. Come on, give me a fucking break. And this, but this one right here was, I mean, you're think about the impact of your body <sighs> going through in a, a marquee sign. And yeah, he gets up and he kind of limps a couple of, couple of moments so that you be also like, he's been shot and he's been shot. He limps a couple of moments and he's just and then 
of course the movie forgets all about it after that yeah. you know it's like i'm just gonna get into a fight with a world-class assassin here <laughs> this movie the forgets. battle of oceans 12 with vincent cassell and matt damon <laughs> this movie forgets a lot and i felt like there was a wasted opportunity here uh to do something really cool when he realizes tommy lee jones is talking to the guy that he's holding right there mm. and, and the asset comes and there's a fight and all that but for a moment there i thought they were going to let him listen in mm-hmm. and like somehow use the cia's comms against mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. um and they didn't do it yeah. and i was really disappointed <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so that will be something that shows up in my um, suggested fifth born movies that they do something <laughs> similar to that because i felt like that could have led to a very cool um scene like the train station scene in ultimatum mm-hmm. but instead we don't we don't really get any scenes like that yeah the movie tries a, a, to, to make hacking look cool like many movies have tried to do, <laughs> and no one can do. Well, let me ask you about that, because Alicia Vikander is like the hacking expert, right, in, in, this, in yeah. this movie, and she can do things that really nobody else in the CIA can do. Supposedly. And that's her niche. Like, if you are a technological genius, typically, and I'm not saying this about everybody, but typically you don't have the most amazing social skills in the world. But, like, then she says, I'm going to request to lead this mission. To go capture Bourne. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's a tech analyst. Like, yeah. she's a really good one. Well, she's but the- why would you even... Nobody would be... I understand the, the director got involved because, oh, well, she's expendable, whatever. But, like, why would you even entertain this notion? Yeah, no, that's dumb. I do think she's the head of their tech. Like, I think that we see a title on a door or a yeah, desk. Yeah, Oh, no, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'd be, like, the head of the whole tech department. But, yeah, she would not go operational yeah. the way that... She would be in the room... But she wouldn't be David Strathairn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a little silly. Um, yeah. By the way, I am continually bothered by this series. Can always putting their fucking files on a computer somewhere, especially when they know that they don't have people who are completely friendly to the Blackbriar, Treadstone uh, things. And yet Julia Stiles can go to some fucking place, like some remote facility somewhere, and just hack into the CIA, find folders that are named fucking Treadstone and Blackbriar, (laughs) and like start like sending those files out, you know, like, oh, I was just sending them out like candy today. They're all located in one's parent folder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bad shit we've done. Here's everything. (laughs) It's like like people's porn folders. Yeah. I mean, they might. Is what they should name it porn they should say they should say porn more porn still more porn the really hard stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. stuff involving giraffes you know i mean there's all sorts of <laughs> things that they could do to hide this and they don't and it and it bothers me so much they bothered me in the last one even just the fact that they have files in the first place when we when we first learn about born and all these things that he's done i've i always thought that it was a off the books program like they didn't have written records of a lot of things just lying around anyway and uh and then you know suddenly there's reams of files and stuff on this so that they can just you know do their snowden thing which also by the way um do we know what happened to Landy at the end of this Born of Born Ultimatum? I mean, I guess they just didn't want to put Joan Allen back in this one, but uh, they don't even mention her character. 
No. She's the one who's the original, like, faxed everything to everybody. They blame Bourne in this, but it's really Landy who was the one who was faxing everything at the end of Ultimatum. Yeah. And they don't really even mention her, like, don't even say she's in jail or she's in hiding or mm-hmm. anything. So I, I thought that was kind of weird, too. Well, and it's I'm, I'm just a little bit confused about, like, I know we always have the angry old white guy who's evil at the top, but it feels like there have been several levels of top. Yeah. Like, we already settled the top guy in Ultimatum, and now Tommy Lee Jones is the top guy, who's also the complete director of all of the CIA, yeah. who takes like secret meetings in public restaurants <laughs> where he has to get hushed when the waiter walks by, <laughs> um, behaving completely stupidly. But I, I don't. Is he supposed to have been there all along in the background as the director of the CIA above David Strathairn and all these people? I, I think in this one, Tommy Lee Jones is just starting his own thing. Like, that's what that Ironhead program is, right? And that what I, I think that's what I gathered from this was that... It may have been like I a, don't think it was an, a guy behind the guy behind the guy situation. I think it was more like, ooh, Treadstone? That's a good idea. Mm. And he's, because he is a crusty old white guy in his 60s is mm. like let's do that i think that's what they're trying to say this is not a movie that on the first time i think you're going to get everything because it's so much cia conspiracy bullshit mm. going on in this um but uh i think that's what they were trying to say was that he's trying to start his own thing and he was never really part of that Blackbriar thing well we're, we're pointing out a lot of what we what we don't like about the movie, but you mentioned the action. Like the action is really, really great in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I and think it's, it's got, got the whole hallmarks of the Bourne franchise of like the the close combat and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I love that part. You guys were talking about the Marquis should have killed him. He gets hit in the face with a dumbbell like yeah, twice yeah. in that apartment, <laughs> and I was expecting him to come up with Plato Head, but. <laughs> He didn't. And also, I love that moment because the CIA lackey goes, they're fighting, sir. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> awesome. The exposition yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Right. I actually like the, uh, because we've seen that one punch takedown in trailers since the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? So we've seen it so many times that you just expect it coming. And he actually films it from a different angle yeah. uh, in, in the actual I think film. it might even be a different dude. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because it, it, it looks kind of fresh and it was it was a cool perspective of him just following on his back and everything and then then getting that and just turning around and going back goes to show you what trailers do a lot of times you Mm. know like they'll use that different angle and then of course they also they show that scene of uh damon looking behind him all mean and stuff when actually that was before he actually was doing the fight so it's gonna make it look like uh, i'm i'm born god damn it look how awesome (laughs) i am you know just before the name shows up on the screen um I I'm I'm okay with the action. It's it's consistent with the entire series, and the and the you know the series has had good action and, and stuff. Greengrass still loves cutting his movies up to ribbons, though. Yeah. And I understand there's I understand the the sort of the method behind that because each cut is a punch. Each cut is like you know that's you experiencing it viscerally, in a in a way. So like the fight between him and Cassell at the end is filmed that way every mm-hmm. punch every kick everything has got a cut accompanying cut with it um it gets to the point though that i wish that he could just do that in bursts instead of and show me both of them fighting a, a full shot for uh, you know a little bit it doesn't have to be long just do it about 10 seconds that'll be good enough for me but uh, you know he always likes to do this thing as soon as they start fighting cut you know, and it's just like, okay, all right. I also like how Bourne is getting his ass kicked 
And then the guy pulls out a knife, mm-hmm. and Bourne gets a teapot, and then Bourne starts kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. needs random household objects That's right. around. I mean, that is one it. of the Bourne things I like, right? He kicked it, kicked Desh's ass with a book. He. <laughs> Put that pen in that other guy's hand, and I mean that—that's a Bourneism I'm fine with them doing. Mm. I just, I just wish the fight, I wish the combat was more consistent. It's sort of almost like superhero movies at this point, like Captain America versus Iron Man, and how am I supposed to know who's stronger? They're both like the same level of stronger than me, mm. right? And so if Bourne is this one-punch legendary ass guy, I don't know why I called him an ass guy. <laughs> <laughs> just lost my train of thought. <laughs> ass guy. Uh, then why can this asset, who supposedly has been retired for years, he mm. only comes out of retirement because he ha- hates Bourne that much. I killed your dad. I hate you. Um, why can they go toe-to-toe for so long? Uh, yeah. And then what turns the tide is they both pick up weapons, but one of them super in fear. Uh, just a, <laughs> I wish there was more consistency across. I feel like the other movies gave us more consistent fights. Like yeah. Dash pretty much kicked Bourne's ass right before he gets choked out. Yeah. I still think Dash deserved his own movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just have a Dash movie. It'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cassell uh, plays a guy who is a psychopath. Basically. The guy just. Does, if there's a guy just walking in front of him, he's just going to blow him away. Yeah, he shoots a lot of innocent people. In this the movie. Yeah. body count in this movie is crazy. It is. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I understand. Okay, you're trying to make this character like, okay, he's a he's a dick. Okay, I get it. <laughs> um, but there's some times where it's like, uh, if, if you just let the guy walk five feet, he's out of your way. <laughs> he's just blowing him away. You know? Um guy <laughs> got rid of that asshole <laughs> i think it's interesting he gets more screen time than any asset in any other born movie ever has and we've had still i think more compelling assets like mm-hmm. clive owen clive owen yeah um and so it's just interesting to me because when i saw him on screen i was like oh this guy is an asset that could be cool i, I don't hate this guy uh he was pretty much a, a dick in the ballet movie and that's really all i know him for but um yeah, for a character that was flushed out a lot more than the previous assets, I didn't feel like we got much personality out of it. Yeah. So I think in the end, I didn't like it. You guys liked it, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys say, I, yeah, if you like Bourne, go for it. I, I loved all the other Bournes, and I didn't like this one. So who do you trust? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear Jeremy's idea about the, the next one. Yep. You want to letter grade this one before we go into that, in case people don't care? I what would I have give to say. this uh, C+. I would go with a solid B. I'm in the B minus range. Mm-hmm. I can't in good conscience. There's so much ridiculous bullshit in this movie. Yeah, there <laughs> like, is. Like you said, that there was that one moment where we all just looked at each other and were laughing like, is this real right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm B minus. And I think the combined average there would make it a B minus. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So I mentioned some of the Bornisms that I'm fine with, right? Like we, we, we want to see a close quarters hand to hand fight in all, in all Bourne movies. We want to see some household item used in a fight. We probably want to see a car chase, and we probably want to see some interesting phone call, calm, escape, whammy thing, right? Because all the movies have all of those things. The things that we don't need to see anymore, in my opinion, is Bourne chasing his own history. Mm -hmm. The top guy at the CIA is evil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so the way I would approach this, if Hollywood gave me the power, which they never will... I want to put Bourne in more of a Morpheus role, um, mentor. Mm-hmm. Then we got to give him somebody to rescue, mentor, and then be amazed by. And so the way that I would do it to keep continuity is I would have um, Alicia Vikander's character have a brother. 
who's an army ranger, but she finds out, nope, he's not. He's actually already been in this Iron Hand program, Mm -hmm. which is like all the CIA programs, not what it appears to be. They're actually training super soldiers. Uh, And so she basically goes to Bourne, begs his help. He goes and rescue this this guy. uh, And then they're on the run. And now we've got Bourne still kicking ass like Morpheus did. He's got a Neo who doesn't understand this world that needs to be trained. Um, He's got a love interest. Uh, on the run, cutting her hair and coloring it. Um, <laughs> but not his that, own. Not his own. <laughs> and I would hire J.K. Simmons to play the CIA guy who's just doing his job. Nice. He's going after Bourne because from what he knows, Bourne is bad. And maybe he'll learn by the end he's not. But he's not the master criminal that all these other crusty old white people are. Mm. Uh, now, I wrote two or three pages on this. I could go deep if you want. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting we should. Uh, but one other little nugget is I set one of the action pieces in Stockholm which is, she's from, the actress is from Sweden, mm-hmm. and I made their origin as though they were from Sweden. Nice. So that we can <laughs> retroactively explain her weird accent. Yes, <laughs> yes. Where, where she got dialogue training from Aidan Gillen, and then, yeah. uh, you and know. I wouldn't mind seeing them bring in um, Aaron Cross, the Jeremy Renner character from Born Legacy. Yeah. Um, I think you and I might be the only people that really kind of enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly not, that could be an interesting discussion to compare that to the one we just saw, mm-hmm. but I think I need more distance. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to include him. They wanted to just mm-hmm. act like that never happened. But I think it would be neat and make like this whole, a born version of like the, the Matrix teams out there, you know, trying to rescue who they can from these clandestine programs uh, and fight the power. Yeah. Kind of like a Mission Impossible, except without the obsequious instruments, right? My first draft actually involved a wingsuit. And then I realized that was so Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible, <laughs> I couldn't do it in a Bourne movie. So I changed that. But I also I also wrote that he should get a souped up, like a Lamborghini or something. He always has a car chase. And one was a Mini Cooper. He's mm-hmm. been in motorcycles or American muscle cars or police cars. I'd like to see him with like a high performance speed machine yeah. in a chase because I think that would be rad. Well, I'm nice. immediately on board for the fact that we would just not uh, pay attention to his past anymore. I think... I think as they keep building this up where there's like there's more to more to find out right. about his past and everything, it gets more and more tiring. It 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 really sort of in Born Ultimatum, it was the final straw. Like you can't do any more past after this because all right, we get it, you know, it's an evil it's 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 that it's that um uh thing I always call the umbrella uh, corporation uh, <laughs> uh, thing that they put in plots where you know like if you ever played resident evil games where and then watch the movies it's always like umbrella did all this shit that's really shady and then you end up beating the game or finishing the movie and then the next movie's like you thought that shit was shady they were doing even <laughs> more shady shit behind the scenes that was crazy and then like you're like okay and we got to the we got to the core of this the third movie's like well you thought those first two things were shady think about this for a second um it's kind of like how they do with these born movies it's just it just keeps on being people behind the scenes and like like you know he why is his flashbacks always movie specific like they he has he has the flashback like oh i was uh in this program at one time i'm wondering who i am and all this and like the i think the second one was who am i basically is basically the end of that the third one is how did i get into this program blah 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 and, and this one is like oh it's uh you know your father is behind it and all this other stuff it's um there's th- 
you would think that some of those other flashbacks would come in earlier. Like I have a vague remembrance of my father at some point in born supremacy or whatever. Yeah. I know it's all because they don't know yet when they make those movies yeah, yeah. and everything, but it's silly to me that these flashbacks sort of wait in line. As yeah. soon as he gets done with one, <laughs> it, the next one comes in. And like, Oh shit. There's even more. I remember. I was almost insulted that this movie opened with, a montage of previously on Born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, we're here because we've seen those movies 50 times. Yeah. I don't need to see this anymore. Yeah. But apparently they thought we did. Yeah. I like yeah. in that flashback how Born is like 15 years younger, but Vincent Castle is the exact same oh, yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I was kind of curious how they did. I mean, I guess computers are amazing these days, but Born legitimately looked younger in that flashback. Yeah, looks like and Google that's footage hunting. they couldn't have shot before this movie. Yeah. Well, I did the whole Jeff Bridges trial legacy thing uh, i suppose that's these days yeah they, they, they probably shot that normally and they said you know what matt damon you look too old bloom 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 and everything was good <laughs> i like the idea for your movie well he just i noticed all throughout this jason Bourne movie that he, how gray and older he looks mm -hmm. and he's not old in the i mean i think the actor's like what 42 or something like that he's 45 okay um but they're still he's not old <laughs> <laughs> liam neeson has proven that we can we like old guys kicking ass in the mm. right circumstances and so i think there's life for the born franchise i just think they need to do a hard left turn and stop exploring him as the main yep. focus and let him be more of uh, like i think morpheus is the perfect analogy yeah. if he could yeah. have that sort of role where he's he's the he's still a badass and he still kicks ass but uh he's more of a mentor and a guide and help he's realized maybe he's He's not the only one that needs help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There were others, you know. Yeah, there were others. <laughs> Hawkeye was one. Um, so I do like that idea as well. I hope I hope they somewhat go towards that uh, in future borns. I'm sure this one will make enough money to for them to say, let's do another one. Anyway, I think that will be the Sincast mini pod yeah. for this week. Uh, the next time we will do Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Suicide yeah. Squad. And, uh, and we will uh, pod. lay all of our commentary down on that PG-13 masterpiece. <laughs> Suddenly PG-13. Did you see that the director was at a fan event and got caught up and said, fuck Marvel? <laughs> and then had to apologize on Facebook. <laughs> I love all my filmmaking brothers. I just got caught up in the, somebody else said it and I just repeated it. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't have to apologize for that. I Come agree. on. That's so unnecessary. <laughs> I agree. I just thought it was hilarious. Somebody anyway. had one of those clandestine listening devices that they planted on him. Like oh, I yeah. just it's one of the it's one of the feuds in the world that I understand the least is the DC versus Marvel feud. Yeah. Like, if you like comics and superheroes, what don't you like both? There's mm. there's good and shit in both catalogs. You know, you know all those people what read both sides. They just pick the side. I guess. But it, it uh, from what I understand, people who work at DC and people who work at Marvel are all friends anyway. So yeah, you would think. I mean, there's there's competition in the way of trying to make better stories than the other, but there's no like, haha, you fucking suck. Yeah. It's not the rivalry the fans have made it. Um, right. But um, anyway, uh, that will be it. And that's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com.
Like, why why would he invite a prostitute over well, you don't and know. have sex with her, like, during his party? You don't know if she's a prostitute or not, though. She may just be coming in and just dressed nice and all that. They're, these are high-priced hookers. But she's a hooker, right? Like, she's... Not that everybody in the party is going to know that she's a hooker. And anybody, no. who, anybody who does know... Is gonna not not gonna say keep anything. their mouth shut. Yeah, I'm just saying like the timing. Like if you were hosting a party, would you make time to go up and and have sex with what you know is a hooker? Absolutely. During that party, I would. If it was a girl like that, yeah, really? it's pretty difficult for me to put myself in that guy's shoes. <laughs> you know, there's so so many things about him that are not me. I'm not gonna throw that party. I love Sidney Pollock in that movie, though. By the way, he's just so. <laughs> He he seems like on rental basically, <laughs> yeah. like because it was supposed to be Harvey Keitel playing that. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, Harvey Keitel was supposed to play it, and then you remember the, all the rumors about Eyes Wide Shut when like it was being filmed and everything. They're all like, Harvey Keitel was fired because he got so aroused during one scene, <laughs> which is total bullshit. So bullshit. He got so aroused they had to fire him. <laughs> I, I just like thought that, it was weird. I like that in this movie, all about weird sexual choices, that this is the one that sticks with you. <laughs> it really does. Well, like, fact, not like, why would you go to a party and fuck 60 other people in one night? Not that. See, that makes sense to me because it's like a ritual and it's like an Illuminati thing and everything. This is not that. This is a fucking Christmas party. It, Christmas parties suck. Jennifer Jason Lee was supposed to be in it, too. And uh, oh, she, wow. and she had to not do it. I think she ended up doing Existence. Oh. That was a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's more about you know, do I want to spend six months doing one scene or do I want to spend three months doing a whole movie? Yeah. So and imagine those Lord of the Rings guys in that original trilogy. Like, yeah, how much work they gave up to go for three years to New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, worked out though. Yeah, it did. I mean, but, I mean, I get it. I'm just saying. <laughs> imagine the roles they could have had. That, that you they imagine. Didn't. You imagine that first one didn't do anything. They oh, had God. shot those two other movies already. <laughs> and and <laughs> well, yep. Yeah, um, I guess it's going straight to video. Don't know what else to say, guys. Sean Astin could have done Toy Stories or Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers too. too yeah. Toy Story. <laughs> he could have done Courage Under Fire, too. We, we devote a lot of time here talking about shit movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, the Toy Soldier song? Step by step, past the past. It all falls down like Toy Soldiers. That's a detonator. He's got guts. He's a You had to have heard that fucking song. Well, maybe not the way you guys perform it. <laughs> Fuck you. It sounds exactly like it. <laughs> oh, fuck that trailer. Yeah, fuck that trailer in the it. ear. I remember it being good. Fuck well, it in the well, other ear. That wasn't a waste of time. Oh, Christ. But at least we know now that there's no cool song on the Toy Soldiers trailer. And that we can hold your phone up to the microphone and get pretty decent audio from a trailer. Can we talk about Jason Bourne now?